What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What the Funk. This is uh, kind of a fun episode today. We are officially now one year in. You want to know what? I ended up not doing a one-year anniversary episode. Let's just be real. Life got a little crazy. I was traveling a lot, um, had just a lot of things happening at home, and really, when it comes down to it, when shit starts to hit the fan, the only thing I really tend to prioritize is making sure that my clients are taken care of. <laughs> like they get my undivided attention whenever things get a little bit wild, as it should be. So, you know, the podcast kind of went on the back burner for a couple of weeks, but it's okay because we're back. I'm very excited. And today's episode is a topic that I talk about a lot with my clients, but is also something that just comes up in general in the DMs. And I, I think I made a post about it not too long ago, but I said something along the lines of uh, the fact that you're not hungry in the morning is not the flex you think it is. Because when we have whacked out hunger signals, whether that's dealing with a ton of hunger or that's dealing with lack of appetite, that can be a sign of issues with your adrenal system. So what does this mean? Well, first, let's just talk about the adrenals to begin with. Okay. Cortisol, how it functions, how our body responds to stress, um, and different stages of adrenal essentially adaptations that our body goes through. Um, and I do have my little decaf cause this is in the afternoon and I do not drink ca- uh, caffeine, full blown caffeine in the afternoon. So we're gonna take a little sip, a sip, a decaf. Drinking hot coffee, even though it is 111 degrees outside right now in Arizona. Um, but it's fine because I've been inside all day. So it's okay. All right. So cortisol, So cortisol is the stress hormone. We've talked about it before. If you've been around here for a while, you know, this is not the first time that I've brought it up. And cortisol is one of those things where if you have too much or too little, you're fucked. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to find that sweet spot right in the middle of it. Um, and what ends up happening is when we deal with there, there's two things you need to know about your cortisol specifically and how it functions is When we deal with stressful situations, it has some spikes and then it's meant to come back down. Okay. And the way that it functions within our body over the course of the day is what we call a diurnal rhythm, right? So everybody, males and females and everybody in between ends up having this, this essentially this situation where your cortisol spikes in the morning and then it kind of slowly tapers down throughout the day, allowing you to have energy, to have store of cortisol that allows you to respond to stressful situations, whether whether it's physical stress or physio or psychological stress. So psychological versus physiological, which is the physical stress that you might be dealing with. Psychological being uh, it's up in our heads, which let's be real, sometimes it is. Um, that's and that's a the conversation around perceived stress, which is a whole different conversation for another day, right? Um, we might touch on it a little bit though today here. Um, however, what ends up happening is our body also produces cortisol acutely in stressful situations. Now, um, essentially what happens is there's two 
two big overviews when it comes to adrenal adaptations. There's technically, you know, four stages of adrenal adaptations, but there's really kind of two parts to it. The first part is adrenal fatigue. And the second part is adrenal insufficiency. Okay, so adrenal fatigue is when your cortisol is too high for too long. And this is where we will typically see um, people with the wired and tired in the afternoon. It's too high during the day. And then you have a really hard crash in the afternoon. You might have trouble sleeping. You get that wired and tired feeling in the evening where you can't fall asleep. You might start noticing that you're holding a little bit of water retention. You might stop recovering well in the gym. Um, and overall, you just start to feel not fantastic. Uh, uh, p- people kind of sight feeling, you know, a little bit puffy here and there. They start to notice that they're face make it a little bit puffy because your body's not uh, managing inflammation as effectively when your cortisol is chronically elevated. Um, And there's an issue with your hunger in that when you are dealing with high levels of stress, okay, on a regular basis, you also start having issues with blood sugar regulation, okay, with digestion. Um, And this in turn can cause you to have more elevated cravings as well as higher levels of hunger. This is why sometimes in acutely stressful situations, especially with emotional stress, we find ourselves reaching for a bag of chips or, you know, a a sleeve of cookies. It's normal to have a hunger response in an acutely stressful situation. But when we're dealing with chronic stress and chronically elevated stress, and we start to deal with this adrenal fatigue where we start to be tired, we start to have mood swings, we start to deal with the fatigue and the brain fog, um, and we start to deal with the excess hunger and cravings where we start to deal with some issues with having too much hunger and then managing our food intake because we're not regulating stress well within our body. Okay, so that's kind of the first part of it. The second part of it is adrenal insufficiency. And this is essentially where your body is saying a big, uh, I'm tired, I'm done playing this game, and you start to feel even worse. So adrenal insufficiency is essentially when your adrenal cortex, which is on your kidneys, which is what creates cortisol, uh, gets tired. (laughs) It gets kind of sick and tired of your shit and it stops working. So your body is pumping out more and more and more cortisol in response to the stress that you're under constantly. And it gets tired. It's like, I'm done. I've puttered out. I've done everything that I can do. I'm going to just go chill over here. And it stops producing cortisol. Now, this is where all of those issues that you had when you were dealing with the adrenal fatigue, with the elevated cortisol, right? With the um, issues with water retention, with puffiness, with being unable to manage inflammation, you do, you and your energy levels even get worse now. Now you really have no energy. You really don't have energy when you wake up in the morning. You have zero libido. You're sex drive is tanked, um, you're going to be at risk, more prone to risk of injury. And when we start to go through these stages from adrenal fatigue into adrenal insufficiency, we also see a lot of unnecessary and unwanted in most, in most situations, unwanted weight gain. Now this adrenal fatigue going into adrenal insufficiency can also be a catalyst for developing autoimmune and chronic illness, right? So there's several people that have developed also autoimmune disease or like there's adrenal based PCOS, right? That's one of the root causes of things like polycystic ovarian syndrome. People end up developing Hashimoto's because their immune system has been compromised because their body's management of cortisol is not doing what it's supposed to do because of continued physiological and psychological stress 
right? That we put ourselves through. We go through this adrenal fatigue into adrenal insufficiency, and then we end up getting sick, right? And then we also start having issues with blood sugar management. A lot of times when people are dealing with adrenal insufficiency, I see is insulin resistance also happening alongside of this because of the blood sugar management issues that occur when you're dealing with elevated cortisol chronically. And then you start to have more and more issues with your body's management of energy. And then you get to the point where your adrenals have just putted out completely. And now you're also insulin resistant on top of having this adrenal insufficiency. It's pretty common. They, they go, they go hand in hand, not always, but I see it happen quite a bit. Okay. So now how does this, how, what does this have to do with hunger? Okay. Now, specifically what we want to relate to the fact is that when we're dealing with adrenal fatigue, you're going to be more prone to dealing with elevated hunger. Okay. Now, what ends up happening is you get to this point then when you're dealing with adrenal insufficiency and you have no appetite, which is the opposite of what we need to do in order to help manage the inflammation because a lot of times people end up under eating because they literally like will not be hungry all day long until, you know, <laughs> two, three o'clock in the afternoon sometimes. And then all of a sudden they're ravenous and then they eat everything in sight. And not only are they still under feeding themselves because they're really only eating for, you know, a small chunk of the day, but now they're putting their body through even more stress because they're undernourishing themselves. So we have this swing from where they're over consuming calories and over consuming probably more, uh, highly palatable foods that would be more aligned with the standard American diet. Not that necessarily those foods are bad, but too much of them can cause us to be inflamed if we're not balancing it out with enough solid, good nutrients, right? There's a time and place for everything, but it's all about making an informed and educated choice for ourselves. And then we swing to having no appetite and undernourishing ourselves but we're still dealing with a lack of nutrients, okay? So this is why your hunger signals, when you're trying to manage your stress response, whether you're dealing with adrenal fatigue or adrenal insufficiency, which both you can, you, they're not like medical diagnoses. They're just states of adaptation that your body has gone through. And I think it's important to recognize that, that it's not like a medical diagnosis. It's not a disease. It's just a state of adaptation that your hormones and your body system have gone through, um, that it's important to recognize that you can't trust your hunger signals in either of these situations. So what do we have to do? This is where I kind of tell people, you know, I would say more often than not, a lot of the clients that I work with are, we're, we're already far gone into the adrenal insufficiency side of things where their cortisol and everything is tanked. And they're like, I'm just not hungry. And then when they do eat, it's that stress response eating. That's like an acute spike. And they're, they're going for like a bag of M&Ms or something. And that's like maybe the only thing they've eaten all day, which we all know like M&Ms are delicious, but if that's the only thing that you've eaten all day, you know that that's not good for your body. Like there's no way to get around that. That's not something that's healthy for you. Um, and, and so what ends up happening is I tell people, I'm like, listen, your body cannot be trusted. It's lying to you. And they're like, what? I'm like, yes. Okay. So I explained to them essentially what I just explained to you guys. And the biggest strategy that I implement when we're in this scenario, one of the first things that I have people do, it's not a supplement. <laughs> It's not even, it's not even a workout. It's we're going to manage your eating window and your meal timing. Why? Because when you're dealing with any kind of adrenal fatigue or adrenal insufficiency, 
This is what we call, it's, it's part of what is referenced as circadian stress. It's stress that is also related to your circadian rhythm, right? Because we know that cortisol is diurnal for your circadian rhythm, your 24 hour clock that we all have. We all have one. Women also have what's called an infradian rhythm aligned to your menstrual cycle, but we all have this 24 hour diurnal rhythm in addition to that, okay? We have to start tricking your body into thinking that it's no longer under stress from a diurnal or circadian stress standpoint. So what do we do? We manipulate meal timing and eating windows. Okay. So I'm going to give you my sort of my, my literal strategy that I've like, I'm copying and pasting this from what I tell my clients to the podcast, you guys. So listen up. If this is you, if you're an individual and you think you might be dealing with adrenal fatigue or adrenal insufficiency, which you can, they kind of present similarly They really do from a biofeedback standpoint. So the really the only way that you can tell is by getting lab work done, either by getting like uh, like a like a hormone panel or doing like a cortisol like four point saliva test or doing like a Dutch test. Okay, that's really the only way where you can pinpoint if it really is like insufficiency or fatigue. Um, I love getting a Dutch test or four point saliva because that really gives us a huge window into how your body is managing cortisol throughout the day. Dutch tests I love even more because it tells us how the body is metabolizing cortisol and whether it favors cortisone or cortisol. And that's again, a conversation for another day. We'll have to, I'll have to do like a podcast specifically on Dutch testing and how I, how, why I like it and when it's appropriate to implement it, because I feel like it's getting a little bit trendy and it's not always the most appropriate round of testing and it's not always the most successful way to do um, lab work. But anyway, I digress. Okay. Squirrel brain. Um, so anyway, what ends up happening is I want to take these individuals, i.e. you, if you're listening and you're like, this is me taking notes, take some notes. Okay. You're going to adjust your eating window first. You're going to move your eating window to be earlier in the day. Meaning you want to eat your first meal within an hour of waking And you want to not have your last meal be within like three hours of when you're going to sleep. Okay. We want to get your body used to eating during your waking hours. Okay. And not only that, but you're probably going to have your biggest meal of the day, like in your lunch or your dinner, it's not going to be super close to when you're going to sleep. Okay. Which I know a lot of people love like eating a big meal and then taking a nap. And it's just like, if you're super tired after eating, that's usually a blood sugar management issue. Like not going to lie, but again, different conversation, different day. Anyway, so you're going to move your eating window up further in the day. And people are gonna be like, well, I'm not hungry. Again, the whole point is you cannot be trusted. <laughs> you have to eat whether you're hungry or not. Now, this doesn't mean you need to sit there and force feed yourself a three-course meal, but this means can you get something into your body that's going to have a balanced array of a little bit of protein, a little bit of carbohydrates, some healthy fats, maybe some fiber. Like if your first meal of the day is a freaking yogurt parfait with some granola and some berries, I'll take it. If it's a smoothie, I'll take it right? Let's start manipulating your body and how it's responding and reduce the circadian stress by manipulating your eating window. Okay. It's, it's, it seems so simple, but it's also so freaking effective that it's insane. It's like more people just need to kind of accept the fact that their hunger signals are completely off kilter because they've been dealing with chronic stress for so long. And they're probably dealing with some form of adrenal fatigue or adrenal insufficiency, say some kind of adrenal adaptation and their body signals are not where they're supposed to be. 
Okay. The second thing is we're going to make sure we're watching eating timing or meal timing. That's what I should say. We're going to watch meal timing. Okay. And this is something that can also really help digestion too. This is meal timing is something that I talk about a lot when I talk about digestive strategies, digestive strategies. Wow. Say that five times fast when it comes to improving digestion, because what we want to do is we don't want to constantly be eating all day long because that's going to one, put a lot of stress on the digestive system, but two, we want to give your blood sugar and your energy a chance to catch up and do what it needs to do from the point of blood sugar coming up, insulin going out, bringing that blood sugar back down, right? Digesting that food, letting the digestive system rest, and then restarting that process all over again with your next meal. So I like to space meals out three to four hours apart. Okay. It's literally that simple. So we're moving your eating window up and we're spacing your meals out three to four hours apart. And then we're not eating within two to three hours of when you're going to bed right? Because obviously like following like an eating schedule like this, there's going to be days where there's no way for you to be able to follow it. So we have multiple guidelines in place so you can find whatever level of adherence within the scope of moving your eating window up, keeping it away from your bedtime and trying to space your meals out throughout the day. Okay. This also includes snacks. Okay. If you got to eat a snack, cause sometimes, it, you know, with whatever you've got going on, you got to get a snack in at some point. Otherwise it's going to be too long before you get to eat your next meal. Right. We don't want to go. We don't want to go to the flip side of the coin. I like to say, try to space your snack an hour away from your next meal. And again, there's not a perfect science to this. And depending on what your life, you know, obligations are, what your schedule is like, you might have to adjust within this, but giving yourself that framework, how much of this can you make work with your framework? Okay. A couple other things that people are going to have to probably do in this scenario is you're probably going to have to cut out caffeine, not forever, right? But for a period of time and probably longer than you think you have to cut it out for. I would say Typically, I have clients that we're, we're cutting out caffeine. Some people can take it out for two, three weeks and then start to bring it in. Um, and then what we do when we bring it in is we make sure that they're not drinking more than a certain amount. We kind of test their tolerance with their caffeine. And then we say not within an hour of waking and you can't have any caffeine after 1 p.m. You know what I mean? So we put parameters on it so that they're not just like consuming caffeine intermittently all day long, every day, because again, the more stimulants you place on your body, the more you're going to be in that state of heightened stress and chronic stress from a physiological perspective, okay, that you're going to impact your cortisol function. But you also want to make sure that you're being smart about implementing it, right? Caffeine in and of itself is not bad, but it can be overused and misused. So when we take it out and we bring it back in, we want to be smarter about it than we were before. So that way we can enjoy it, right? Don't have it within an hour of waking and don't exceed probably more than like, you know, I would say on the conservative side, 150 to 180 milligrams of caffeine a day. Um, and then don't have it after like 12 PM, one o'clock, right? Be smarter about it. And then conversely in the evenings, we're going to do a digital detox in the evenings. You're going to get your face out of the blue light. You're going to get off your devices or if you have to be on a device, because again, admittedly, some days I'm on my computer later than I want to be. I'm on my phone later than I want to be. I own a business. It's just the nature of the game. But if I'm on my computer after like five or six o'clock, 
I'm wearing blue light blockers so that I'm not taking in all that blue light and I'm not going to be inhibiting my melatonin production, which in turn is going to allow my cortisol to continue to fall into the evening so that I actually fall asleep. You want to implement a similar strategy. Okay. So, and that's how you can start to help recover your adrenal function and then start to help establish more normal and regular hunger signals again so that you can trust your body again, because that'd be really nice. All right, you guys, that is it for today's episode. If this was helpful for you, please leave me a rating and a review. It helps the podcast overlords push this content out to those who want to see it. And if you did enjoy this and you are listening, go ahead and take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram at alina.m.fit, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for tuning into the What The Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review and don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support and I will see you next time. Just a quick disclaimer for the information found in the What the Funk podcast. I am not a licensed medical professional, mental health professional, or registered dietitian. The advice and recommendations given out on this channel and on this podcast are not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition or mental health condition. If you do think you have a medical condition, please speak with your medical provider. Please consult your medical provider before implementing any kind of supplement regimen or exercise regimen or nutrition regimen into your lifestyle, as well as be aware that listening to this podcast does not constitute a coach-client relationship. Thank you guys so much.